Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in this message, we're going to actually begin a new series based on the published book, Walk as Jesus Walk, Teachings of Jesus. Now, as I'm making minor updates uh, and, and small edits to the book, I'm led to share each updated chapter as I go. And I wanted to do so in a podcast. Uh, there's no better place. To, to actually do this in this podcast, which is actually titled Walk as Jesus Walked. And so as I go through, um, I will make updates and I will post these and you'll be able to go through the whole series. Now there's uh, 15 chapters. And so this will be chapter one um, of that book with edits. Um, this one will be titled, just as it is in the book, Are You Following the Teachers? The teachings of Jesus. And you can still download the original edition of the free ebook from the link that's listed in the description of this podcast. So here's chapter one uh, of the updated version from the book, Walk as Jesus Walked, The Teachings of Jesus. As a follower of Christ, it is essential that we live our lives according to the teachings of Jesus. And in doing so, we will be walking as he walked. Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 tells us, whoever claims to abide in him must walk as Jesus walked. Disappointingly, over the years, I've been surprised by just how many who claim to be Christians, many of whom are regular churchgoers, have little or no idea of the depth and the specifics of what Jesus taught, nor how essential these teachings are for one's personal spiritual growth. Many say that they've heard these teachings uh, on Jesus in maybe weekly sermons or in a Bible study, but most can't recall the specifics of these teachings. Do you, the listener now, know these teachings, the ones that Jesus provided for his followers to live by? Well, if you have any doubts, understand that this series of messages it's focused on the teachings of Jesus that are essential for your spiritual growth. Moreover, if you're one of the few who are in fact confident that you already know what Jesus taught, then this book will reinforce and bless you as you continue to grow in your walk with Christ. When it comes to the teachings of Jesus, today's institutionalized churches, they place most of their emphasis on the fact that these teachings from Jesus are intended more for the bringing the unsaved of the world into the kingdom of heaven, and that they're kind of a, a guide to help them to get there, but not necessarily for those who are already in Christ. Because of this, many churchgoers have little or no understanding of how the actual teachings of Jesus and they're found in all the Gospels, applies to those who are in Christ, who have a personal relationship with Jesus. Moreover, many who only claim to know Christ, they spend a great deal of time focused more on the teachings of the apostles that are found among the books in the New Testament, where they spend an extensive amount of time doing historical studies focused on the Old Testament. Now, these same people, though, they spend almost no time on what Jesus taught. Let there be no mistake. It is a great thing to know the scriptures as they're inspired by the word of God himself, Jesus. 
The scriptures contain the instructions and ingredients that are needed to make us wise for salvation through faith in the Son of God. They point to us to that direction. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, it states, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. The key phrase there, for the man of God, not for those who remain lost in this world, who are separated from God, who do not have that spiritual, supernatural connection by way of the Holy Spirit. And they're not going to be able to get out of the scriptures they're intended for. However, there is still far too little focus on the importance of what Jesus taught and how these teachings, uh, his actual teachings, uh, affect one's life in Christ. Most modern doctrines, they're based on traditions that are taught in churches all around the world, and they place their focus on the Gospels, which is the good news about Jesus, but they do so primarily to provide, provide a path of salvation for the unsaved. And moreover, today's Christian churches place little or no emphasis on what the hard things are found in what Jesus taught, especially the things that concern how his followers should live in this world. There are many examples of this, the real things that Jesus taught, and they can be found all throughout the Gospels. Now, here's one example from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 6, verses 20 through 22, where Jesus taught, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and they insult you, and they reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. However, the truth is that many of today's church doctrines, they, they teach a far different message. For instance, many teach that those who claim to follow Christ should be blessed with great prosperity and not want for anything in this world. They teach that we need simply name it and claim it in Jesus' name, and he'll make it happen. In other words, we will be satisfied now as in this world and not have to wait for our life in eternity. Unfortunately, these same so-called followers of Jesus, well, they teach that if we don't end up getting what we ask for, well, it's because of our lack of faith, that it's our own fault that we're not prosperous. Now, others, they teach other teachings that tell churchgoers that the Lord wishes for his people to find happiness and a comfortable life while here in this world, to enjoy all the harmless pleasures that this world has to offer. Still others teach their congregations that they need to be extra careful to maintain a good reputation among the people of this world, even if it means they have to soften or water down the teachings of Jesus. This is so that they will not be offensive to others in hopes that they will win them over, or maybe they'll actually join our congregation. In other words, they teach that one should compromise the message of the cross so as to not offend another and possibly lose their friendship. Consequently, 
all of these above mentioned teachings are they're contrary to what Jesus taught. And he wants his true followers to live their life in this world in a different way. Jesus said that for the few who do hear his call and are chosen, the ones who decide in their heart through a full surrender to lose their lives in this world to follow him, they can expect to experience suffering, hunger, and public ridicule for his namesake while they're in this world. This does not sound like what the modern churches are teaching as they promote an expectation of a comfortable life for their congregations while they're in this world. However, for one to seek a comfortable life while following Jesus, and if they want to do this while they're living in this world, it can only be a, that can only be attained by those who live a compromised life and are not fully surrendered to Christ. This is exactly what the spirit of this world, the adversary, desires. And he wants all of his people who claim to follow Christ to experience. And it can be greatly attributed to the lives of those who avoid the things that Jesus taught. Yet true followers, Christ, they cannot compromise the, these teachings because the Holy Spirit will teach and guide them away from compromise and toward Christ. Thus, those claiming to be in Christ and who continue to live as the world lives are duped by the spirit of this world and are right where Satan wants them. And Jesus taught that in the end, there will be a great blessing and treasures beyond what this world offers. All who endure the hardships of this world as they persevere to the very end. As for suffering in this world and facing persecution, in, it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 23, rejoice in that day, leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven for their fathers, meaning religious people, religious teachers, treated the prophets in the same way. However, for those who fail to live according to what Jesus taught, and there are many, he had a far different message. In Luke chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, Jesus said, But woe to you who are rich, for you already have received your comfort. And woe to you who are well fed now, for you will hunger. And woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers treated the false prophets in the same way. You see, for those who are truly in Christ, this world is not our home. We do not seek to store up treasures in this world. We seek treasures only found in heaven. Furthermore, those who follow Christ will use whatever they are blessed with, whether it's time, money, or other things, and they'll share it with others who are suffering or in need. Now, traditional church doctrines, they tell us to give our resources to the local church through tithes and offering, through donations. In doing so, church leaders, the ones of these establishments, they're entrusted to spread these resources around to those who are in need. Inappropriately, because the modern church has become such a business, much like that of the Jews who ridiculed Jesus, 
these institutions will first seek to balance their own budgets, and then, with what little is left, will share with some charity designed to care for the less fortunate. Therefore, these institutions, however big or small, they wind up with just a small percent of the initial ties and offerings to donate elsewhere. The real travesty is that most church organizations that do make donations, that do actually give money outside of their, their own personal needs, uh, those who do this and give it to the needy, they do it in a way to call attention to themselves so they can take credit from others for what they consider was a noteworthy act or good deed. Now, on the surface, this doesn't seem to be such a bad thing. But are they truly being good stewards with the blessings that have been donated through tithes and offerings handed over to them with the intention that this money was to be used for those who are really in need? Regrettably, this is common practice throughout the whole world. And it's all practice within the institutionalized church. However, for many, this system is, is a great way of giving. It, it's a great way to give because for the purposes of a tax write-off or for those who really don't want to invest their time and efforts to personally reach out to those who are in need so they can say, I gave at the office. Therefore, for true followers of Christ, for those who are really following him, we must be careful not to squander what the Lord has blessed us with, to include both spiritual and physical blessings. We are called to be humble stewards, and not just on Sunday mornings, but every day, all seven days of the week, 24 hours a day, in all things, as we seek to walk as Jesus walked. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good pleasure. Who disciples of Christ have but one purpose in this world, the same purpose Jesus lived out, to serve the kingdom of heaven. This means that we must serve the kingdom and the will of the Father and not live to satisfy our own will or the will of a pastor or a priest, reverend or a church. That is, unless whatever it is that they're doing aligns with the will of Christ, and of course, then it's perfectly well that we do this. Now, it was for this reason that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, Jesus said, I never knew you apart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Hence, those who are in Christ need to be careful not to blindly place their trust in people or a local church, because far too many are blindly following the teachings of these establishments 
and they just might not be following the will of the Lord. This in no way means that those of us who are in Christ should avoid meeting with others who are not, who are blindly misled maybe by predictions and false doctrines that are taught in most of the institutionalized churches around the world. Moreover, we have to realize that a great deal of these so-called Christian churches, they're filled with people who may not even be aware that they trusted in doctrines and teachings that are in fact leading them away from the truth. Remember, these people are part of the Lord's harvest, and we must love them as the Lord loves them. In doing so, they may hear the truth and turn and follow Jesus and his teachings. Now, these are not my teachings. They are the teachings of Jesus. The Lord said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and he acts on them, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not act on them, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And when the rain fell and the torrents raged, the winds blew and beat against that house, it fell, and great was its collapse. Hence, build your foundation on Jesus, the true word of God, not on man-made traditions, practices, or doctrines that are the product of human thinking. These teachings they're not capable of producing spiritual growth because they're simply based on traditions and practices like the Jews who thought that they had the truth and they crucified Jesus because of the error of their way. Anyone who makes the choice to continue to follow false teachings once the truth has been revealed to them are just like the blind scribes and Pharisees who confronted Jesus as they too thought their religious practices pleasing to God. Keep in mind, they were so unwavering in their efforts to hang on to their man-made traditions and doctrines that it drove them to the point of killing Jesus just to shut him up. Now, true followers of Jesus, well, those called to the kingdom of heaven, they must live a life led by the Spirit while following the teachings of Jesus as we anxiously await the return of our Lord. Amen. So in closing, this is the first chapter of the Walk as Jesus Walked, the Teachings of Jesus series. And we, we know the difference now between following Jesus and following something other than him. So if we continue to learn and live by the teachings of Jesus, then we too, will be walking as Jesus walked.